Nine Perfect Strangers dropped this morning, three episodes at once, although we're only covering the first, really as kind of like a tester. Should you watch this, we're going to tell you, no spoilers, just what's happening in the first one, what's the setup, and should you keep going? Does that sound fair? That sounds fair, exactly. Skip it or watch it. So we'll talk about what's working, what's not working, and we will, oh my God, okay, we will talk about the inevitable comparisons with White Lotus, Um, okay? You have to, you have to, because I know you don't read reviews like I do or read articles about a series or anything before we do it. But I, of course, have read a million. And when I tell you that like more than 50 to 75% of them compare it to White Lotus, and I have not seen White Lotus, so it's killing me. So I am excited to hear your thoughts. And of course, I mean, timing-wise, White Lotus just had its finale three days ago, and this drops. (sighs) So the timing is just its very interesting. The comparisons were bound to happen, but the timing makes it even more. I know, prevalent, which is, I think, just unfortunate because Nine Perfect Strangers, the book, came out five years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's not exactly new, but... We'll talk about Leanne being ahead of her time. But we'll talk about that later. First, let's get into episode one. Okay. Nine Perfect Strangers gets the gang back together. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the behind the scenes gang, of course. Mm -hmm. David E. Kelly is adapting another Leanne Moriarty book with a star-studded ensemble cast, just like Big Little Lies, that includes Nicole Kidman set in gorgeous California. I mean, it's, it's everything you loved about Big Little Lies has been brought to nine perfect strangers except this time it's on hulu um so that i mean right off the bat we were in yeah we were were like this is this is a no-brainer Nicole kidman and david e kelly are together pretty magic i mean big little lies and the undoing this is their third collaboration and oh okay yeah and apparently they have future projects in the works too so there is something between those two uh, as collaborators yeah. well all right I would I'm gonna call the magic Leanne Moriarty and David E. Kelly because I did not watch The Undoing so we watched one so episode I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes <laughs> we did and that was it so I'm pretty much yeah <laughs> yes so we'll leave that and I'm gonna give the magic to David and Leanne yes um okay but for Nine Perfect Strangers what do you think is working one I mean my first thing right off the bat is Melissa McCarthy oh absolutely working so good I I am not a fan of hers or and I'm not not a fan of hers I just I don't I don't know it's not really she's not really my thing I don't watch those movies or I don't know I've I've not actively sought or not sought her out but let me tell you I if this is who she is I love her love this so that's a good point you you had mentioned to me am i am i like a big i do think you some people are big melissa mccarthy fans but so i was thinking about it and you know i'm a huge gilmore girls fan as you know so i always think of her suki oh my god yeah so i completely (laughs) forgot right (gasps) i have not rewatched the gilmore girls i loved the gilmore girls i have not rewatched it and i completely forgot she about was that a okay great character i lie yeah so you love her. i'm a huge <laughs> yes. fan of melissa mccarthy oh my god right? i loved her character it was oh my like god. this wow. i mean okay. in a in a show with obviously two really strong 
fantastic, funny female characters in, in Lorelai and Rory. She stole the yeah. show so many times. I mean, yes. Suki was oh, hilarious. She was So really, I've always had a yeah. soft spot for her and because of that. And anything I've watched with her, I think she's great. I think she's so fucking funny. When I read, yeah. I've read some articles about her and her husband. He's a writer too and they collaborate a lot. And like anything I've ever read, I'm like, cool, you know, I like her. But I, like you, I, I wouldn't say like I go seek out every Melissa McCarthy thing. But in this, I love her character. I've, yeah. I, all the scenes with her, I want, I want. Francis. Francis, exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm just putting my brain back together while you're talking because I cannot <laughs> believe I did not put that together. Like where, what is wrong with me? I cannot believe that. But anyway, yeah, um, she, she's fantastic. She has such a perfect thing going of and I haven't watched any of her comedy movies I know she's also a really talented dramatic actor as well but she seems to be really hitting such a perfect strike of both yes you know she's she's dramatic she's not she it doesn't feel like she's trying to be funny that she just is funny and she's doing a dramatic role but she's just funny and that she has such a dry sense of humor her delivery her timing is just so fundamentally comedic but it's not funny in and of itself it's it's a combination i am i'm just spellbound i'm loving yes and when we first meet her when she's driving in the car and the music (laughs) playing Mm -hmm. it's a good day did you think of something there i know of course dead dead to to me me. like what is with the hulu and these huge shows stealing songs from other shows but whatever i'm over it but what i'm not gonna i still have ptsd from calling out normal people see whatever. and yet in uh-huh. that one it, with this though i kind of liked it only because it reminded me of dead to me which is a happy thought for me so i was like right well which which you would have liked you said same thing in yes. normal people you were like well that's a nice thing and i'm like oh i just don't want to be reminded of something else iconic right like, I just want a different song but whatever right so whatever. i it caught my attention immediately though i'm like oh boy who's the character i love the song because you heard the song and the car going before you knew who was in the car before you saw it was melissa mccarthy mm-hmm. so already like my ears went up and i'm like oh 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 boy wait wait it's the dead to me i'm calling it the dead to me song which is not right yeah um no. But even just when we meet her, just like I, you know, she's a, a novelist whose career and personal life apparently have hit some serious rough patches. I mean, you learn right away from a phone call she gets from a friend that obviously something's gone wrong in a relationship. Something's gone on with her book because she's like, have you heard from your agent yet? Um, and I just went then when she gets the call from her agent and, and pulls over and just has that complete meltdown when she's just like screaming on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I I'll, immediately I was like, I'm in. I'm in on Melissa McCarthy and Francis yes. and this whole story because it's also relatable. I don't know. We, we, we talk to authors all the time. I mean, this character of a novelist who's basically at like a bad bad patch in her career right they want to buy her out of her contract i don't know everything about her and the character i'm like yes i i'm into francis i was and that screaming scene on the side of the road leads me to my (laughs) next giant what's working and that's bobby cannavale oh my god i mean first of all i love everything that he's in everything so to your point about melissa mccarthy i just i love him um and but yeah me too I, me too the, he's just so good so special he is but when he gets out of the car and just like 
their instant chemistry is, which you see throughout the episode, but this is the start of it. Just, she's screaming. He thinks she's like a crazy lady. And, you know, she tries to shut him up. I love that she tried to shut him up by saying like, oh, it's something about menopause. Lady issues. Yeah. Lady issues. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, really? I mean, have you considered supplements like progesterone? Like, And then he totally responds as if that's a, a totally normal thing for a man to talk about. So it clearly did not work for her. But on that line when he says, apologies, I can see now that you're a tragic person. I was just like, oh, oh my God. That was so good. I'm in on he- Tony too. <laughs> Totally. Kate, I don't know. I've lost my mind. This pandemic has stolen my mind from me. I cannot, when you said the chemistry between the two of them, I cannot believe I forgot I watched uh, a movie called Super Intelligence. What is that? Which came out during early in the pandemic. We watched it, the whole family watched it and loved it. It's Melissa McCarthy and Bobby Cannavale. Oh. And I remember thinking they had such great chemistry. Here I am saying I don't even know Melissa McCarthy and um, <laughs> clearly a secret super fan. Oh my God, I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh my okay. gosh. So that, I'd never seen, I didn't know that they had acted together before. Sh- it's a very sweet, easy movie. It's not for the podcast it's not you know we're not talking about deep issues it's a very sweet family-friendly movie and we all enjoyed it very much oh nice uh, but but here i am as a super fan oh my god i'm such a liar i'm i can't <laughs> believe liar. it lost oh my, my mind gosh. so you you uh, know they're gonna be great foils they're just from that opening scene yes. between them and that that's gonna be fun to watch these two yes absolutely um Another scene that goes back to Melissa McCarthy, but also brings in Nicole Kidman, that is a huge Mm. what's working for me, is the first scene that Francis and Masha have together. I love this. I mean, that was a good one. And we see Francis sitting on the bed in her room, and she's crying, and she's really vulnerable. And Masha comes in, uh, you know, like this ethereal like glowing light Mm. practically um and francis says you know i almost didn't come here today and then even when i got here i really thought about leaving and masha says is not surprised or offended even though it's her center and her her brainchild and, and she runs the whole thing and she says everyone here almost didn't come they sense it's going to take courage and it might be unpleasant. She goes on to say that the people that come here, most of them have really good lives, comfortable even. They come here for the suffering. And Francis says, I don't want to suffer. And Masha says, you already oh. are. Oh. Yeah, That Lat was line. a great, mm. yes, yes. It's so true. It, it was such a it was such a great exchange, and it's so true. I mean, it, just the the moment, the way it was executed was was wonderful. But then also the truth of it is was just mind boggling. Right? Yeah, and at that point, you know, Masha has been built up uh, as this obviously very mysterious sure. figure. You don't know if she's good or bad. I mean, you still don't know. But I just love that that's the introductory scene to her because you really immediately are drawn to her and you think I mean what she said is so true it's so true people are like I'm in pain I'm hurting I don't want to be in pain or hurt anymore so I can't can't, you know like in therapy or I can't do any 
do these yeah, the hard sure. thing. And it's like, but you're already in pain. Already. You're already in suffering. Pain. So what, like, what choice do you have? Right. I mean, right. and you know, so why they, keep yeah. doing this? Yeah. yeah. So they have this moment. And I don't know about you, but I was sort of taken in then by Masha. Like, you could see how you'd be like, oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Sign me up. Like, you're right. Like, fuck, I am already <laughs> suffering. So tell yeah. me what I need to do. And I, and I think this is going to be a, uh, well, mm. I think is a, it's obviously going to be a yes. theme throughout because we had already had a scene with Frances when she first meets Heather and Zoe and Napoleon. And which I thought was just, I don't know how they pulled that off. Michael Shannon mm-hmm. and Melissa McCarthy pulling off the, he's just screams Napoleon. And she's like, Genghis Khan, <laughs> Patton, what are we doing here? <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> that That's the comedy so part good. that you're talking about. The mixture. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. And so that was wonderful. But but she looks at Heather and Zoe standing there, and they're both, you know, thin and and beautiful. And one has brown hair, and one has blonde hair. I mean, it's just like it, it is the picture of of some sort of ideal, especially um, an American ideal. And Frances says, "Why are you guys here? You look perfect." And Heather does not miss beat. And she was like, "Why would you say that?" Mm-hmm. So we're we're clearly getting her anger. We're getting the, and we're also getting fed again this idea that just because this is how it looks on the outside is not, you know, you can be in deep pain regardless of of what it looks like. Right, right, exactly. How put together you are. So what what else is working? I mean, I think there's a lot of things working. I had actually put the Masha saying you're already suffering kind of, I I was putting these under sort of what's working is Masha's like one-liners or speeches and basically Mm. anything Masha says uh, in this first episode, because it's not a lot um, other than that scene with with Melissa McCarthy that we just talked about. There's really just that final scene where they're all together in the pavilion or something. Uh, yeah a lot what's working it's a huge what's working i mean that's where the <laughs> ensemble cast is all together um we've had the, our introductions to each of them and little snippets of maybe why they're here or, and wondering you know what's underneath for each of them but this is where they all get in the room and i mean there's a lot of things but that that response masha gives to lars when he says like so what's your story what's your story oh that was yeah her backstory her back wow story is big i thought that yeah. is working at least as an introduction i mean i'll we'll talk more later about sort of what i want to see more of or where this is going but for your first intro to her backstory i mean she says i died i, I came here from russia and i worked I worked, I consumed, I built a company, I went over people and through people. And the whole time there's this montage of her from the past, like partying or having sex, like smoking, like you're getting in in 30 seconds, this picture of what she was like before she's now turned into almost this angelic, as you said, otherworldly looking person. Um, And then she says she was shot dead in a parking garage. She was clinically dead. Mm -hmm. And that man brought me back to life. And she points to the sort of one of her helpers. What are they called? Um, Consultants? Well, the guides. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, consultants. Yes. 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 Um, And she said that he basically reached inside her and saved her. And then she says, Mm. I will reach inside all of you. You have come here to die. I will bring you back. There can be birth and death. A tragedy can be a blessing. 
I was a corporate CEO, then boom, I was a little girl riding my bicycle. And like, again, you see, because I think she was near death that she's had flashbacks to when she was a child. And Heather, it's Heather, right? The mother who lost it. Yes. Okay. The mother. Yeah. Napoleon's wife is like, this is mm-hmm. not appropriate. Like, you know, our story, at which point you realize what you, you thought all along that they had presumably lost a child. And this was the weekend of the anniversary, I guess, of the, the child's death. And she's like, you know, our story. And Masha says, that will not be our story. Um, then she makes her like step to the center. And she says, I prefer you not upset the group. And Heather's like, listen. She's yeah, she's like, listen. I didn't come here for this Excuse shit, me? basically. Yeah. I came here for yeah. a retreat, for an escape. Um, and Masha's like, none of you will retreat. None of you will escape. She says, this is tranquilum. I mean to fuck with all of you. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, that's the last yeah. line. That was that yes. was a big working for me. That That final line and that whole scene. Yes. And her backstory is so interesting to to say, you know, I was dead and I was clinically dead and he reached inside my chest and took out the bullet and made me live. And that whole, I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. Really interesting hook. And now, and it also makes complete sense that someone like that who would have been this corporate CEO kind of boss lady would die and come back and realize this is not what's most important that what is most important is you know your wellness and and whatever she's trying to healing and and um what she's trying to to do with the retreat yeah so yeah I, i thought that made sense on on many levels even another melissa mccarthy line in that scene before she walks in someone's like oh you've seen masha like what's she like and she's like an amazing mystical eastern block unicorn yeah <laughs> that's right yeah and it's true she does really oh man look the part and how the the director basically shoots her as if there is like light emanating from oh her. my gosh right yeah you can see it compared to the the close-up of um of um tony he looks normal and then you look at her and she is just glowing with light yeah 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 and all of that brings me to something else that's working on a on a deeper level this inherent tension with each person and we've seen it throughout the episode no matter what the reason was that they that they came they all want radical self-improvement yet they're all incredibly resistant to it now that they're here Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that tension right is is human it's it's essentially what we talk about when we say we're complicated right they want it but they know maybe they sense as masha says that that it's going to be a challenge and it's going to take courage and they're afraid of a different kind of pain as opposed to the pain that they're used to but they all want something different they've they've gone this extra mile this isn't signing up for an online course this isn't you know it's not even going to therapy once a week in your normal life it is going somewhere radical change and then also they get there and they're pissed about it and their their stuff has been taken yeah they're not allowed to have phones uh, chocolate Mm -hmm. and red wine and right so all of these things are contraband and their phones right their phones are taken from them so they're resistant to it but they also want to be there they they also also have this tension of 
they're all keeping secrets. We haven't even mm. begun to really explore them yet, but we know it because they've they've laid that groundwork. But they're also being really exposed and vulnerable. We've certainly seen it in Francis, and and that's what they've signed up for as well. So. Someone who's dying to keep a secret going to a place where you're going to be exposed and vulnerable also sounds like yeah. a contradiction. Yes. But but it creates that tension that's going to make for a really great story unfolding. Yeah. Oh, I think that's definitely the, the big thing. You're right. That's really working across the board right now. But you're right yes, too. You said that they're inherent in story. That they're all in pain, but it's this is going to ask them to sort of trade it in for a different pain and i think that's such a good point because people they they're get, can get used to the pain they're in mm-hmm. and yes. that's what masha was basically trying to tell francis but it is true right they're comfortable. they're comfortable it's almost comfortable in your own pain and suffering this, yes yeah. and this is asking you to look at it and and to do so then take on a new kind of pain and suffering and nobody right they they're right there's this tension they 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 know they're in pain but then oh fuck what do i have to do to get out of it wait more pain and suffering of a kind that i'm not familiar with oh wait just give me the give me the uh the hot spring and the and the shake and i'm out (laughs) right right and it and it will be an intense suffering that will hopefully i mean the the point is to heal so that you don't have to do the, but people are like, well, just that low grade every once in a while, you know, suffering, rage or, or sadness or loneliness is, is better than, yeah. you know, having to really look it in the face yeah. to overcome it. And, but, and she's taking away probably their numbing devices, like distractions, oh, yeah. all of that, whatever <sighs> oh. they're coping, even if it's absolutely not great coping, but you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. all going to be exposed now going for their wounds yeah oh right mm-hmm. that's that's the part that is super working for me which is going to see what each person's wound is wounds and how are, it gets yeah. exposed and, and what they mm-hmm. do with it and and how they'll interact with one another's because i'm guessing yes. that well there's this, some of those wounds will will trigger other things in in other um Yes. Yes, and if you believe what Lars is saying, who seems to be the biggest skeptic and has done some research on the place, that this was curated such that the people mm-hmm. chosen, to your point, will interact in some way because they were chosen for a reason. I mean, somebody said, "Well, because all our damage lines up or something, like whatever." But the point is, there's something right. you're led to believe that there's something about the selection of these nine strangers. Yes, that is a that. It's going to yeah. work off each other or in concert or yeah. something. So Lars is another one that's working for me. I think that he is very skeptical, obviously, as you've said. And he's the one who goes to the you know convenience store before he drives there and buys a bunch of disgusting, you know, hostess snowballs or whatever those you know cakes were that are barely even food little I think they're called foodstuffs let alone anything that would be allowed at the retreat center right um and but also as when he calls Ray he we know that he is done many of these before mm-hmm. right so 
he's the skeptic who does a lot of these. It's inter- and and what did he say? Did he say he did it for work? Yes, which makes no sense, but yes, that's right. intriguing. Yeah, yeah. So he's the skeptic, he's and also I think yeah. the one that is going it to the extent you know this is the direction it goes in even a little is this the one that's going to question generally the the wellness industry or these type of self-help retreats or whatever i don't know if he's going to yeah. be the voice of what, what well is he a, already he is, is already he says, yes but if that's going to what, be what's your story right i just wonder if that's if that's mm-hmm. going to continue to be of what what he speaks to a lot throughout it because I, I don't know i mean or if it's just in this introductory episode we'll see but Oh, I would assume. I assume. No, I would so. assume if he's already if he's already saying, "Well, what's your deal? What's your story?" Right. He's going to be the one that that plays that voice. Which have you ever been um, to one of these? Not quite uh, tranquilum. Let's not go crazy, but right. but like a like a one of these wellness. Like I, I haven't. No. I, I'm not for certainly not like even one of those equinox or or places that people might go for a few days where it really is you know juice cleanses and exercise and not drawing blood and doing weird shit which I think is going to happen on this right. but uh, I don't <laughs> right. mean as extreme as that but I I have not no. and but I could see you probably you're more skeptical than me I could see where I could just totally start buying into it like yeah cleanse me oh yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah whatever whatever well, you I mean think. I have done yoga teacher training so like I've done you know but I don't know but that doesn't seem and I I don't I quote unquote bought into that but I just I believe yeah that's different I think yeah yeah I think okay okay I wasn't sure yeah yeah but yeah I don't know I've never yeah experienced fully one of these yeah I don't canyon ranch or any of those you know yeah I don't know but I don't know I don't know how I would how I would react but probably the fact that I haven't signed up for them is probably an indicator a, a sign of how yeah exactly <laughs> um okay so do we want to run through some of the other characters that don't get as much play in this yeah because I actually have we a have... few that I'm like put in this category of like who I'm intrigued by I'm not sure okay yet. like you know obviously sure. we said yeah. Francis and Tony like they're definitely what's working for us I just don't know enough about these yet but this Jess Jessica right. is sort of an underdog mm-hmm. character for me right now like clearly at first we're meant to think she's this vapid Instagrammer but I right. just have a feeling that she, that she has a real chance for growth and we're going to see some nuance with her. And I think I'm going to get into Jessica, but right now I'm just not sure. Not yeah, sure. and well, and she has brought her, her husband, mm-hmm. Ben, mm-hmm. and they, is it Ben? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she wants for them to, you know, they're not in a good good place and she wants to be in a good place with him. So yeah. I gave her a lot of credit for that. I was, uh, you know, she's she's obviously wanting yes. to go deeper. Oh, and she's God. not like, let's just go to Hawaii and forget that, you know, we we suck. Yeah, and then so, when we saw, I, I actually felt so much pain for her in that hot tub scene where she's clearly trying to, you know, spark yeah. spark like an intimate yes. moment with him. And, and remember like that one time, you know, and he is just not yeah. having it. So the rejection she feels yeah. in that moment clearly there is some intimacy issue that that probably one of the reasons they're there and that I don't know that scene I just really felt yes. for her in that one yeah so that that 
she really intrigued me um so and this- yeah and I was equally intrigued by her husband so those yeah, are definitely two to watch we definitely don't yeah get a lot about him no not well you can't do it all in in one episode so and then we have carmel Mm -hmm. who is at all at once she's like the opposite of lars she is all in but yet i feel like lurking underneath is like an interest in blowing the entire place to smithereens like (laughs) yeah she's hiding something under that soft enthusiastic exterior (laughs) Yeah, and she's like crying. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, what's going on there? Yeah. What is underneath that? So, so I, I'm wondering yes. where that's gonna go mm-hmm. as well. Yes. And then, who I like we, Zoe too, in terms of yeah. intriguing me. I mean, yeah, something. Well, that whole family, I'm yes. very intrigued. The by. whole family, definitely. Um, but her interaction with Lars in the woods, like she's really witty and quick and mm-hmm. clearly she's in pain from this loss. But I'm I'm interested to sh- see where it goes. But yeah, the family. Oh, my God. Napoleon. What a right. crazy person. I'm meaning he's so <laughs> like aggressively optimistic. It's insane. Yeah. You're like, like yeah, but quirky and and just so over the top with his optimism clearly to because he is overcompensating yeah. for the pain of his wife and daughter and what's right. happened to I him. mean, I read it as more, um, gosh, not not robotic, but a little bit yeah. like just unable to like feel anything. I'm, I don't know if he's optimistic as much. He is just not quite, not ignorant, but like he's Delusional like whatever things or- – well, it's more of like an inability to process. Yes, this is like an avoidance. Of, maybe you're fooling yourself. Yeah, but maybe this is yeah. an avoidance for his pain. He just repeats positive yeah, or, things or tries to or that he just himself. thinks of, or that he just thinks of things too logically as opposed to emotionally. Like something. Oh, it's just it's meant to happen. This is what happens. Life happens. Um, I don't know. I could scarily relate to him. My husband calls me a robot sometimes when. Like if, like I am just not nostalgic. Like if when it's the end of something, I'm always like, okay, the end, right, let's go. Right, right. You know, uh, uh, and you know, I'm not nostalgic either. Wow, That's, teary. Yes, and, you know. Yeah. So, so I, I could relate to that. It did seem like it was a processing chip missing, yes. as opposed to certainly not. Well, it didn't come up here uh, off this episode as cruel. I didn't even think it came off as like fooling himself. It really just sem- seemed like, a, if anything, a lack of empathy um, could be the worst thing, but but also just some sort of missing processor chip where you're like, whatever, it's happened. And that's, you know, like, and not, you know, just like move on. Yeah. It's yeah. horrible. The fact that he ended up in the hot tub with the two of them, that scene, I, <laughs> that was that so was great. But where he calls himself a chronically loquacious person, uh, yeah, he clearly is. Um, I don't know yeah. what that weird jealousy was between Ben and him, and he thought she was checking out Jessica. Very strange. Yeah, I had wondered if he had had another daughter, and that because oh. the, there's definitely a hint of loss, and so which like maybe that that's was interesting. And you know, I didn't even think of it from his point of view. I was thinking, what does that say about Ben? And why did he? And I was wondering if maybe she had cheated on him. And that that's why oh. he's super aggressive about 
men near her, but also why he's not being intimate with her. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to right. work through that. Interesting. Oh, I see, don't know. So many, so many Questions. little crumbs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Little crumbs kind of left for us to pick up, but nothing that resembles what's going to happen yet. Yes. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. All right. So what is not working if anything for you I don't really have what's not working I have more things that I'm a little bit skeptical about whether it's going to work or where it's going to go but that's not okay. that's not something that's currently not working so well, give me an example so I just don't know where what this is going to be I like I don't know if mm. it's a there's a lot of things happening like it's sort of a satire of the wellness industry it's a satire of the wealthy and neurotic of the world is it a thriller or is it really just this ensemble kind of look at self-help will there be actual healing and transformation i mean i'm interested in sort of this each one of their stories and their self-help aspect like the what is their damage how are they going to deal with it and will they grow or heal yeah i don't get the sense that there's a mystery or thriller aspect of it Per se, other than just the drama unfolding between them, right? Uh, between all these guests, and then and obviously her, and but the I, secrets. I, mean, I guess it could I be guess. wrong. It's yeah. certainly yes, secrets. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I the, the when you said kind of the send up or the satire of the wealthy and this wellness retreat, it's so hard to see that. I I see it now that you've said it. It's so hard to see that having just come off White Lotus, which truly is yeah. a send up of the wealthy and you know, kind of how they go get a way to escape. I mean, it's it's bordering on absurd, the the things that happen in White Lotus, where it's it's a send up of those kind of people and, it, and an indictment of those kind of people. Right. So this just I feels like a study. This just feels like a study of, I mean, clearly these people are wealthy. They've mentioned it. It's how expensive it is many times. Um, and and these are clearly people who can afford it and only people who can afford it other than the family who gets their great discount. So it is definitely an examination of privilege, but I don't know if it will common like have a, have a comment on it. I just don't know. Right. So I don't know yet because I well, a, I didn't watch White Lotus, but but it, well, who knows? Yeah. Um, right. I doubt that, go. though. Yeah, I wouldn't think it. But again, I wouldn't have thought it only because I had just compared it to White Lotus, which was very clearly a satire of uh, of a certain class of people. And this is not as clear, but it still could be. You're right. It could. It certainly involves those people. So yeah, interesting, interesting. I also hope we really uh, get to learn more about Masha, like Masha the woman, the person. Mm. I hope, and, and that she isn't totally just this mythical being with great one-liners whatever i mean i i i I mean we got her backstory so i have no reason to believe we won't but yeah i hope we kind of get into her a little bit all right okay what did you think about her accent this was the only thing i had on my i'm is this working because this is getting a lot of of ink spilled so you've 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 picked up on something without reading all these articles that many people have picked up on She's supposed to have a Russian accent, but I read that um, Nicole Kidman said in an interview that, well, we'll come to find out, it's not a spoiler, that Masha's lived in, you know, speaks 12 languages or something and has lived all over the world. So basically that's like 
poetic license to like mix together accents and not get any of them right. I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, okay, like okay. she's not, she speaks so many languages that although she's Russian, I guess she wasn't trying to perfectly nail a Russian accent. I don't know. Uh, okay. Okay. I, yeah. All right. I know. But there's been okay. a lot of people like, mm, with the accent, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny though. Uh, I guess it depends how long she lived in Russia yeah. because the first person I think of is Mila Kunis, right? She she speaks like she's been here for a long time. And so... Yes, lots of people. Yeah. You're saying move. Yeah, she's... Yeah, yeah. Right, you okay. So, at the age, so, so Mila Kunis moved here at the age of seven. And before that, she had lived in Soviet Ukraine. So... I wonder in the book, maybe, did she have an accent? So they just gave her an accent, but then give her an accurate accent, I well, guess. Well, it's, I mean, it's a nit that's, I don't think it will affect anything, but I was like, come on, what's going on here? What is it? What's happening? Yeah. And just, can yeah. we just skip it? That's all. Mm -hmm. Can't we just skip it is all I thought. Which is also, now yeah. that is one yeah. where White Lotus is definitely affecting me because the manager of the hotel in white lotus is called armand and he has a brilliant australian accent and it's just so fascinating to listen oh. to and watch and it's so i was so in love with it i mean it it elevated his character in my mind so much and then now here we have this other one that i'm like ah it's not elevating the character i don't really know ah it was and he was living in Hawaii, so he didn't need to have an accent, but that was part of the character, and it was so good. It was like such a special, important part of the character. Okay, so I was wondering here if it was just to sort of set Masha apart, sort of make her sound different and more otherworldly, even though, again, I could see how it would also just trip people up because it's not really a perfect Russian accent, and you're thinking, what is this? But I didn't know if it was just kind of a yeah uh, and apart. I want although I wonder if they could have been the same for White Lotus because he is the the he's the manager of the hotel yeah, and he's the only one right. with that accent everybody else um all of the guests are American and and speak with clear American diction so interesting that's uh, so maybe it is maybe it is doing the same yeah. thing and but maybe yeah or maybe it, this one, as opposed to White Lotus, has source material, which is Leanne Moriarty's book, and maybe but, she has an accent in that, so they didn't. We should say, right. I haven't read that book, so yes. we're not comparing right. the and, book at all. But I'm not sure that with, having an accent in a book is the same as, like, I, I'm not sure that's what, she, I mean, no, what if she, right. I mean, we've, yes. we've seen plenty of books where the person had brown hair and then you just uh, you cast a blonde actress like it doesn't of that course. doesn't matter it doesn't uh, matter for the source material it's yeah. i in you know we both enjoy staying very close to the source material or you are saying true to the source material but i just i'm not sure an accent is one of those places where i would have that where i would have wed yeah. myself so uh so deeply but yeah whatever it it is it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. I, like I said, if I hadn't just watched White Lotus and had it be so incredibly effective, I would have just thought this was fine. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, so I have a couple of fun facts that I wanted to talk about, unless you have anything else that... Um, oh, yes. Yeah. No. So 
Okay, so fun fun fact. Well, we already talked about the kind of getting the gang back together with David E. Kelly and adapting Liam Moriarty's book. And then um, they, so they changed, same as Big Little Lies, Nine Perfect Strangers, the book is set in Australia. But as they adapted Big Little Lies to be on the coast of California, they did the same with Nine Perfect Strangers, which I thought was kind of nice I was happy to see that same little nod and it's just beautiful I mean well who doesn't want to see coastal California at all times right yes this that's another thing we didn't talk about I mean Mm. this this scenery in this is beautiful the the retreat itself the the structure every it's again visually beautiful yes I would totally go there I would I would be in for sure Yes, um, exactly. And, mm-hmm. But to tie in another piece of weird connection, our other favorite Hulu adaptation besides Normal People was Little Fires Everywhere. And one of the counselors, mm-hmm. um, the guides, whatever, yes. um, pl- uh, Tiffany Boone, who plays Delilah, she was young Mia in Little Fires mm-hmm. Everywhere, which I yes. loved. I, I loved knew that seeing that yeah i recognize her it took me a second totally took i did recognize her but i was like oh what do i know her from what do i know her from like i had to think um and then had to double check um but on the california coast thing i'm sorry let me just say did you know though that they they did film it in australia oh yes oh my goodness actually that's what you're saying that's like uh yeah because it was easier i think they could all right, go there were... because of covid and kind of stay right. contained in in one place so you are actually seeing australia even though that is making me think of what caro said in promising young woman which is which isn't out yet but when you're talking about watching an actor acting drunk and you're not drunk and you're like time just folded in on itself for me the book is set in australia (laughs) everyone's from australia and yet they uh, they set it in california but they're actually filming in australia wow yeah the universe just folded in on itself for me too much i know (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, but it's beautiful nonetheless i'd like to go to australia too either one it's good by me a little fun fact for you is that masha and Dmitry Chenko, Dmitry Chenko. I'm I apologize for getting it wrong. I I tried my best. <laughs> if that's not right, she is a real person. Did you know this? So the I did not I, know wait. This. Let me let me back up. Her name is someone's a real person's name. She is not a as far as I know. She's not a retreat leader. I don't know what she does for a living, but she was the winning bidder at a Starlight Children's Foundation charity event to have a character in Leanne's next book named after her. Yes. Stop it. Oh, isn't my that God, wild? And so not only did she get her name in the book and as a main character, I mean, I think that happens, you know, people will auction off having a character named after them but as far as I know it's usually a very a secondary character uh, not a main character and this is the like one of the main characters and then she had it in the book and now she is here watching the show where someone's you know referring to her all the time it must be wild that is fantastic what a win 
of could, the wind that keeps on imagine? winning. I but mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess. I mean, it's definitely a, she. She won, but I think that would be maybe too strange for me. Like, could you imagine if? Um, like Elena Richardson was named Kate Schumacher and you were just like watching her going Kate Kate and like yeah. having it be you that would be weird yeah it's a little trippy it's that, a that's little definitely trippy sure. I cannot imagine but cool especially I mean wow. yeah it so cool. that is a cool she fun fact. obviously Masha the real person won the freaking lottery having Nicole Kidman player I mean I you know not some <laughs> some terrible person Right. Um, so she exactly. she won the lottery there, but that that I thought was pretty cool. Yes, and that so all right. Cool. So then, I the only thing I have left is the inevitable comparisons. Stick no, the inevitable oh, comparisons okay. with White Lotus, and I don't know what you've read, and if you want to talk about yes. any of it, but I just think that basically, I just want to say it's kind of unfair because this book came out so so long ago. And it ha- and even the show was filmed, you know, s- bef- mm-hmm. it was, I, I don't know exact production schedules, but I'm pretty sure it was filmed before White Lotus. And so it just, it, just that it happens to come out the week that it ends. I think that what most people, lo- or like me, I loved White Lotus. It ended on Sunday and I was, it made me clamor for wanting Nine Perfect Strangers to drop and I could not wait but it's complete. It's very different. It's just very, very different. I mean, White Lotus was so satirical. It was very dark in its mm-hmm. funniness. It kind of the way I described Melissa McCarthy and the way she's playing Frances is how White Lotus was across the board. It is, and it was really, really dark, but also funny. And so it has a completely different tone. I mean, this is has some funny lines and some funny characters like the actors themselves but I don't think it's a funny show at all (laughs) right no 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 and White Lotus was very much a in the very first episode you see someone's body being loaded onto a a plane and so you know someone's gonna die and you're the whole time wondering who that's going to be even though it's not you know it is truly one of those to me it's like Big Little Lies in the the fact that you know someone's going to die and that's part of maybe right. subconsciously what you're trying to figure out but you're so into all of the drama that these people are going through that it's not really it's not a it's not like a mayor of east town where you're actually trying to figure out who died and what happened and how who killed them and why right. and how it's not like that at all you really get lost in these people's drama but of course in the back of your mind you're thinking and and i know i saw that body someone someone's gonna die and and what's gonna what's gonna happen yes right 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 so that is different i don't i listen i oh, i'm not gonna okay. say what i've read because that well just because it's it either i mean i don't know i guess i could but i mean the in these articles where they're comparing it, there these critics have already watched oh. six of the eight episodes of uh. Nine Perfect Strangers, right? So they they're making a conclusion as to as which the one story they think worked better, not uh, just yes, right. as the whole story goes, and just when they which one and and yes, you're right. On it's really just a matter of yeah. unfortunate timing, I think here that the comparisons are happening, but they are happening and. 
these critics who have seen both are going, well, uh, this one's better. But, they're, one's but better. You oh, know, from so what you're suggesting, it seems like you're suggesting they're saying White Lotus is better across the board. And I'm curious, yes, though, are uh, these yes, men or yes, women? Because it is definitely mm. a, I mean, White Lotus was conceived of, written, directed by one man, one white man, who I am actually a big fan of. So it's, that is not an mm-hmm. indictment. It is simply a fact. Um, Mike White. And so... Mm-hmm. I was yes. going to say a white man with the last um, name White. <laughs> as opposed yes, to white. the the story really was created by Liam Moriarty. Now, David E. Kelly put, you know, may change some things, I don't know, um, and take his own license with it. But it is fundamentally, unless he changed it, you know, completely, it is fundamentally her story. And so... Right. It, it might have a more feminine it is um, viewpoint feminine sensibility I mean yes. a lot of the characters that shine in White Lotus are and shine some of them are amazing and some of them are complete assholes but they can still shine as an asshole um, are, are the men and so mm-hmm. I, I yeah and this you're right is is not just her story but it's also got it was brought to life of course by Nicole Kidman's uh production company as well as made up stories and Bruna Papandrea yeah. who yeah Papandrea am I saying that right um these are these are women that are making movies really right. and from a women's point of view and yeah. people we love and, and respect and even though it's David E. Kelly and a Jonathan Levine as a director yeah and we've already talked about who's shining in Melissa McCarthy and Nicole Kidman and and their characters Francis and Masha mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. again is more um, women in in the forefront so I'd be interested to know if these were women or men. I'm just curious, mm-hmm. not that it will decide anything, but I'm curious whether it's the men who think White Lotus was better than, than Nine Perfect Strangers. Yes, yeah, could yeah. be. I did not pay attention to that. And honestly, I tried not to read too many of them. It's just I know. I cannot. I literally would not. You haven't even timing. watched White Lotus yet. I would not even clicked on any of that. There's so many spoilers in that show. Oh, oh God, yeah. I know. You and know, every time it makes care. my stomach the, clench. Yeah, but these articles were totally okay. about Nine Perfect Strangers, though. None but of them really got into what two? happens in White Lotus. Unless, I guess, just... what I was saying was tone and setup. Yeah. It's tone and setup and and just you know whether the the story yeah. holds up and all of that it seemed to be um all some right. of the criticisms well, but um who knows well i exactly. will say if we're if we're coming down to should you watch it yeah i yeah, am skip all it or in. watch it i am all mm-hmm. in but i will say do not yep. come thinking this is a continuation of white lotus it is absolutely not it is Fair. absolutely not the tone mm-hmm. is different and again um if you watched white lotus and armand being the manager of the hotel there's so much anchored in his point of view and he is someone who has to eat the shit of his wealthy guests all the time we don't have any satire like that we don't have any commentary on the world and social class like that going on in this i don't even think we're going to go there the way it even goes in the first episode of White Lotus. So it don't, 
don't come looking and, for and he, for more white lotus which unfortunately i kind of did but it, as soon as I, I was like okay let's just readjust here this is something completely different and appreciate it for what it is and i think it's great I, it's compelling it's beautiful there are real star power in it i'm i mean i'm totally in mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm a total watch it um and and we don't always say this um i mean i think if we honestly not covered it. it we would have <laughs> that's probably right because we've done episode. that at all we, we would have we've watched we've done, an episode planning way. to record um, the next when, morning and then we get on the phone and say uh-uh nope i'm not gonna just talk shit for an hour it's not interesting to this. me yeah no exactly so clearly we were both intrigued and on board from episode one and I think you're right. First of all, if, as long as I get more Melissa mm-hmm, McCarthy and Bobby yes. Cannavale going well, at it, I'm, and in, I'm all in. While um, you're waiting for you new know, episodes to drop, watch Super Intelligence for that. Yes, you're right. And put I can the just boy and let way, the boys watch it. It's a, go- it's a good, it's a family friendly movie. I also just might go, you know, go on YouTube, get a few oh, Snoopy uh, clips from Gilmore Girls, yes. just to, just to, you know, bring me back to my love of Melissa McCarthy. But no, but I, I'm I'm definitely in. I think it's really intriguing. I'm very interested, honestly, in all mm-hmm. of these characters' backstories. I want to know what what brought them here. I mean, there isn't yeah. a one where I'm like, eh, who cares about that one? Which I is agree. very hard in an ensemble. Usually, we've. There's one or two, obviously, that have stood out. But that's only because they got more time. I'm just as intrigued. And like the way you called out Jessica looking vapid, you know, coming off vapid, but here to do deep work. I mean, that's a contradiction I'm I'm into. What's going on there? What's behind that? Uh, Yeah. yeah, So maybe we should call this Why You Should Watch. (laughs) Why You Should Watch Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. Yes. Whether you loved White Lotus or not, because I loved it. And it's just very different. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, each week talking about this. Yay! This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows, and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at Pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.